Jeff Hurst's World Cup winning hat-trick, Chris Waddle's penalty, Uwe Zeller's header, Didi Hamann's scorcher, Gazza's futile stretch, Michael Owen's hat-trick in Munich, Gunter Netzer's masterclass at Wembley and Raheem Sterling sparking joy on the way to the European Championship final. The history of England versus Germany is a rich one and the latest chapter will be written on Tuesday night. I'm Kevin Hatchard and this is Football Only Better. The Nations League continues through to the middle of next week before the players are dragged up off the ground and crammed into a party plane to Ayanapa or wherever they go these days. Joining us from his Australian bet cave is the globe-trotting Mark O'Hare. Mark, Germany made plenty of chances against Italy, but they had to settle for a one-all draw in what was a very watchable game in the end in Bologna. But England, utterly atrocious in their 1-0 defeat uh, against Hungary with all the child ultras cheering for the home team. It was a very strange game, that one, wasn't it? Yeah, England didn't look themselves at all. Um, I know there's been a lot of criticism for this international window and players having to play up to up to four internationals after a long season, but we're only really here because of the, the Winter World Cup and um, you know they probably would be playing friendlies anyway, but Gareth Southgate suggested it wasn't fatigue, it was actually the, the heat in Budapest and I think that's probably a, a fair argument, but I think a more likely one is probably a combination of the two. Uh, that's a worry considering that Qatar's generally pretty cold, isn't it? If you go to <laughs> Yeah, that is a worry, isn't it? If they can't deal with a bit of heat in the summer. It is, but I, I always think, um, you know... We, I don't know. I might be wrong, but whenever I go to sort of Central, Eastern European, European cities in the in the in the summertime, it does have a certain degree of humidity, which is kind of we're not necessarily used to in the UK as an island. Um, it does kind of condense around like Seville. If you're in Seville in in summer, it's it's absolutely punishing. And I've been in Prague at times, and it's been absolutely punishingly hot. And Budapest actually. So, yeah, maybe it is a concern, but. Um, I think the temperatures in Qatar are supposed to be slightly more humane uh, during the winter time, hence why we're, we're having it around sort of November, December time. But yeah, I mean, he's he said himself, uh, Southgate, that he's using this time for sort of trying and testing a few systems, fine tuning what he's got, and experimenting with a few new faces. And I think the the one positive was was Jared Bowen's um, inclusion. We talked about him before the game, and he was probably the one sort of small highlight from that game. Um, but yeah, England weren't great, and I was quite looking forward to seeing the, the central midfield partnership with Bellingham and Rice. Um, I thought on paper it had a, a nice balance to it, but um, they didn't look comfortable in the 3-4-3. And, but I do think a bit of perspective is required as well. Um, that was England's first defeat in 90 minutes since November 2020, and you know there's always going to be sort of criticism of Gareth Southgate because of the style of, of play England have. But I, I do think if you take a step back, you know it's not the end of the world. It's only one Nations League defeat, and the bigger picture is the World Cup in November. And I do think. England have a squad capable of competing there. So, um, yeah, a really interesting game that's coming up against Germany. And, um, you know, the Germans are obviously on the up under Hansi Flick. So this will be a really good testing point. And I think England, uh, I think if, if Southgate had his, um, you know, before the, the Nations League campaign started this summer, I think he probably would have highlighted the games against Germany and Italy as the, as the two he really wanted to go for in terms of just testing as a barometer just to see where his England team really are at at the minute. So, yeah, looking forward to this match. 
This is where the Nations League is good, isn't it, Mark? Because at the bottom end, you get games that the likes of... Well, maybe not Liechtenstein, actually. They're getting battered by everybody. But teams <laughs> like that can win. And then at the top end, you've got what the big teams wanted, which was more games against elite opposition. Yeah, I mean, as of anything, there's always going to be critics of it. But I think the competition's been a huge success overall. And... Yeah, England would be playing friendlies at this time of period, time of the year anyhow. Uh, they may not have been playing four games this summer, but they would have been playing at least two games, probably against uh, random opponents from, uh, yeah, normally the thing is to try and take a, an opponent from a geographical region that you're probably likely to play in the World Cup. So they might have been playing, I don't know, Canada and um, Kazakhstan or something like that, you know, just uh, as preparation for the World Cup. But I think this is probably far better and I think he'll learn a lot more about his team playing against you know, hardened top-level opposition like the Germans, like Italy and even Hungary in fairness. You know, they've come a long way in the last five years. He's back from his stag do where he's talked about post-shot XG of a different kind. Uh, in for goals, Jake Osgathorpe is with us. Jake, are the XG robots covered in tequila and sick or are they okay? Yeah, they, they've come back in one piece. They're all okay, yeah. Um, yeah, re- fascinating game, this Germany-England match. Um, I, I was, like you, really disappointed with England uh, on Saturday. I think everyone was. I think the, the manner in which they actually set out and played was just really poor. Uh, uh, the persisting with a back three when you've got such attacking talent is is mind-boggling to me. It seemed like a massive disconnect between the front line and, and midfield by playing that formation. I'd expect similar in this game. Though. <laughs> uh, I'm not looking forward to, to actually watching it as a spectacle because I think it'll be quite dour. Um, but, you know, ultimately, if England continue to have defensive issues from a personnel standpoint, missing some key players, uh, and Germany keep defending the way they have been in recent weeks, um, obviously, I think Italy racked up nearly 1.7 expected goals against them at the weekend, um, then I think we could be in for maybe a few more goals than what we saw against Hungary. Um, so I, I like to look at both teams to score. Uh, which is around 1.84. Yeah, England didn't really create much against Hungary, but I do think that was more to do with the fact that they were, like you said, that the heat was a massive factor. I think the tiredness definitely creeped in, Um, but also there are quite a few really strong attacking options on the bench that perhaps were being saved for this. Obviously, Grealish only got a a few minutes. Uh, Foden, we don't know if he's going to be back fit for this after testing positive um, for COVID. So, um, yeah, I I think there'll be quite a few changes to this England team and, and you know I'm hoping that they play on the front foot because ultimately the Nations League is a competition that England have seemed to take very seriously since um, its inception we obviously made the, to the to the finals in the first time around um, last time we were very close to qualifying weren't we and then we were pipped by uh, I think it was Spain from our group so you know we'll, we'll want to bounce back from that and, and as you said testing against the best uh, is really important um, when it comes to leading up to World Cup, and am I right in saying that there's actually no, there's only there's only two internationals after these four games before the, the World Cup. So That's every right. every every yeah. game counts at this stage when you're assessing your squad and your and your potential lineup. Um, so yeah, I, I think I think Germany have shown enough definitely in attack. You'll know more, Kev, in, in terms of their transitions under Hansi Flick, the way in which they're uh, setting up and, and going about their business now. I think they'll be able to hurt England. Uh, I, I wouldn't be at all surprised if Germany won the game. I thought they ran six to five on the sports book. You might get two point three on the exchange. That that did appeal to me, given the, the back of uh, given the showing that England put on against Hungary. Um, but I just thought both teams to score was probably a safer bet, given the, the defensive concerns around both. Yeah, I thought it was interesting the game against Italy because I do feel that Germany have been a fun to watch since Hansi Flick took over because they play on the front foot. 
they press high when they don't have the ball. They're quite aggressive. I thought they made lots of decent chances against Italy. But as you say, Jake, they gave up plenty as well against an Italy side that was not the strongest, Roberto Mancini mixing and matching. So uh, I think that was their biggest test, probably. They just about passed it. They've beaten a lot of kind of weaker opposition since Hansi Flick took over. But I think the most important thing in terms of the overarching picture for Germany is that there's belief in the coach. And Joachim Löw, nobody can minimise what he did for Germany. But he did go on too long. I think there's no question about that. He probably should have gone after the debacle in the World Cup four years ago. So uh, I think there is a general direction of travel that's positive for Germany. Delighted to say that the double threat that is trader and tipster Emmett O'Keefe is with us once again. I've already forgiven him for telling me to back the Republic of Ireland to win against Armenia. We won't mention that again. Uh, Emmett, Germany, the 2.32 favourites here on the exchange. I'm quite interested in that price because, as Jake says, you could look at that and think, oh, that's quite an attractive price. But I just wonder how much distance there actually is between these two teams. And England, as Mark has already said, they don't lose many. So just wonder if that price is a teensy bit short. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I think probably the it, the, the kind of price of 2.32 would indicate these teams are kind of re- rated relatively equal by the market, with Germany kind of getting favoritism kind of based based on home advantage. I I probably wasn't. I was probably hoping for a bit more from Germany at the weekend, having having backed them. They kind of yeah. The kind of most the most kind of concerning thing was how many chances they were kind of they were leaking playing a high line, and Italy don't have that kind of a really pacey or much kind of a threatening attack. Whereas I think the England lineup, um, the, the England lineup will likely include probably Bukayo Saka and Raheem Sterling, which will offer a massive threat in the counter attack. So I, as I was kind of going into the Italy game at the weekend, thinking Germany were possibly kind of a bet um, anti post the World Cup, and I'm kind of. I, 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 could, I, I need to see kind of more. I need to be more convinced of their progress in the next couple of matches, probably to kind of uh, to, to kind of uh, consider consider putting money down. Um, so I think, I think this this is a really this is a really intriguing game. See where kind of both sides are at. But like Jake, I would kind of I would lean, lean towards both teams to score. I did. You've superb attacking talent for both sides, and with just with Germany. I think we saw at the weekend. I do, as my old friend Timo Werner, I don't think could be relied on as the kind of the focal point of attack that's going to win a World Cup. I think Germany, if, if I think if Germany are going to be successful, he's going to have to be either probably used as an impact sub. So I'd hope to see from a Germany point of view to have Kai Havertz as the cent- as the kind of cent- as the central striker and Germany's attack to look look better as a result. Yeah, but I, I can see this being quite an open and kind of a, a, a very very entertaining game. So yeah, both teams are scoring over over two and a half goals. Looks with the way the way I look as well. One thing I think to keep an eye on in terms of Germany, I think if you keep an eye on the team news, if David Round starts at left back, I was looking at him in the anytime assist market at nine to one. Now he's a very explosive left back. He's had a brilliant season with Hoffenheim in the German Bundesliga. I think he was double uh, double figures for assists in the German top flight this season. Tilo Kehr has started the Italy game at left-back, so that suggests to me they might change and freshen things up. So if David Ram starts at left-back, he's worth a look at 9-1 to one in that anytime assist market. Mark, just final thoughts from you on this Germany-England clash. What would be your best bet, do you think, from this? Very much in the same line as the two guys, really. I thought both teams to score was, was a bigger price than I expected it to be. Um, I thought it would be sort of 1.7, 1.75, but it's 
north of 1.8, which is really good. I think the shackles have been released a little bit in the German players in forward positions, and they're playing with more freedom and expression, as you say, defensively. I think they're they're pressing with more cohesion and, and coordination, really, as well. And defensively, I've been quite impressed over the 10 games. You know, they've only conceded four goals, but they did give away opportunities against that Italian team, uh, a new-look Italian team as well. So uh, I think there's opportunities for England if they do you know, start to click a little bit better. Um, Germany, you know, I think the, the hot and humid conditions in Bologna probably played a part in that match against Italy too. So um, I looked at the weather in Munich. Normally it can be quite hot at this time of year. It's not. There's going to be a bit of rain around this week. So I think um, the conditions will probably suit an, an open and attacking game for both teams too. And I think that's the only issue I have really with Germany. And the price, um, the price has come in a little bit this week already, as it did against Italy. I know Italy fielded a, a much changed team, and that would have been the, the main reason and driver of that. But um, England were only 2.4 at Wembley in that Euros game. So, you know, I think we'd all probably agree that Germany have probably closed the gap on England. Um, so I don't really necessarily disagree with the prices. But my only concern about backing Germany uh, around this price is, is that issue around the, the, the top end of the field. I know the Bayern Munich trio are always going to be there or thereabouts, but it's it's up in the final sort of position. If it's Havertz or if it's Timo Werner, I think that is a concern. It's not necessarily that the ruthless Germany we know of old, if chances fall to either of those two players. And you mentioned the left-back position as well. Otherwise, Germany look pretty much there or thereabouts in terms of their first 11. So, um, yeah, um, I like both teams to score. I think it's a, it's a reasonable runner. Um, I thought the draw as well was, was fair enough if... If you just can't get there with Germany at the price, um, I think that both teams are, are very well matched and I'm really intrigued to see how this one goes. So if you can kind of both, you can get the draw and both teams to score actually at 4.4. But, you know, if we're being sensible about things, you probably take the two angles as singles instead. Um, 1.85 on both teams to score and the draw at 3.4. And, you know, I think we sort of sit back and hope for a, a decent game. I think a 1-1 or 2-2 would be probably what I'm anticipating from this. Now, we are running a special offer for Germany against England. You get a £5 free bet when you bet £5 on Germany against England bet builders. T's and C's are in the description. 18 plus. See gambleaware.com. Org. Elsewhere on Tuesday in that same group, Italy face Hungary. Mark, I thought Italy, as we've said, looked fairly good against Germany, even though they brought on some players that people who don't watch Serie A a lot would go, who was that? And they they brought on Nonto, the uh, the Zurich player. He was brilliant. He was absolutely great in that second half and set up the equalising goal. So they were quite good fun, Italy, in that game. They were. Um, you know, I'm, I'm really pleased. Uh, Roberto Mancini, since he's, he's had the job, he's always been um, quite keen to, to trial and test players out. He's always been sort of bringing up huge squads and, and giving his players an opportunity to try and impress. So to get Nonto in the squad, uh, you know, teenager, he's been making his name in the Swiss league with Zurich. Um, you know, a brave call, but the the, the lad impressed for sure. Um, but yeah, Fratesi also in midfield, Scamacca up front. Uh, these kind of players, Acerbi, who's been brilliant for, for Lazio now for quite some Ryan Bastoni as well, probably the future really. You know, if you look at the, the 11 that played, John the Rumor was by far and away really the most experienced in, a, in an Azuri shirt. I know Florenzi was there at fullback and he's he's had a you know a fantastic career himself, but um, yeah, I think on paper I, I looked at the teams and I thought this is I could see why the market flip flopped so significantly because before we spoke about the match, Italy were were slight favourites, and then when we did record, um, Germany had sort of edged into favouritism, and by kickoff they were very firm favourites in Bologna. So um, yeah, Italy kind of surprised with their performance, but um, it, it has been required really. Uh, if you look at the squad that won the Euros, um, whether you believe they deserve to win the Euros or not, it was. 
it was an aging squad uh, which needed a little bit of freshening up and after what happened in, in the qualifiers um, obviously it was quite urgent to do that so I expect Italy to I guess uh, against Hungary to, to do something similar really sort of rest and rotate that squad again give Mancini a look at certain players who who perhaps weren't involved um, if you look at the if you look at the bench you know there's plenty of players there who probably Premier League watchers wouldn't have ever heard of really so um, I wouldn't be too surprised considering Hungary are probably the you know the weakest team in the pool um, widespread changes here so for that reason I personally wouldn't be going Italy towards Italy for this kind of match but um, uh, just interested as an onlooker now um, as Jake mentioned earlier we're running out of international windows now to sort of get these players opportunity to impress and to really sort of nail down your squads and even your starting 11s so um, if you look at the Italian squad coming into this period it is very experimental so yeah just kind of sitting back and, and watching from afar. Yeah Emmett Hungary I thought played well against England. I thought Roland Schalai, who have watched a lot for Freiburg in the Bundesliga this season, looked a threat. He's such a direct runner. He's such a pain for opposition defenders. Defensively, they look fairly strong. Obviously, Vili Orban's a great defender for Leipzig, and you've got Peter Gulacci, who's improved markedly as a goalkeeper in the last few years. So even though Hungary are seen as... And Mark, their coach, Marco Rossi's talked about this. We're generally the weakest team in our group. Nobody thinks we're going to do anything. But they actually won that game against England on merit, didn't they? I thought so too, yeah. Like, it was one of these, obviously, their, their goal came for penalty, but they did create decent chances in the counter-attack. Like, and they, they, um, like, they're, yeah, it was, it was a performance I probably didn't think, didn't think they had in them. And I, I, I just couldn't trust Italy here at, 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 at kind of a current price. So in around the kind of one point four range, I think we've seen. I think the the game at the weekend against Germany suited Italy to some extent, and that they could sit deep, and there was no there was no kind of onus on them to kind of bring the ball forward and kind of break down a packed defence, which is something something that they've consistently struggled against in in recent times under Mancini. I talked about in previous podcasts, kind of the Italy's Italy's attacking options, the likes of Raspadori, Scamacca, Bernadeschi. Like it's just they have they have no they they have they have no they have no top class attacker. Clearly, clearly missing um, Chiesa badly with with injury, and it just in their last in their just it's, it's just under two and a half goals, kind of close to uh, close to even money really stood out to me in the exchange. Um, in in Italy's la- in Italy's last four matches. The, it's it, it's gone under under two point five goals, and when, when and during quali- kind of qualifying when they played against the lesser sides, they drew one all at Bul- Bulgaria, drew nil all with Northern Ireland, and then lost one nil to North Macedonia. So if Hungary sit deep and play in the break, I, there's no we've no evidence that that Italy will really cut them up and have a kind of a penetrating attack. So I can see this being kind of an edgy, nervy game, and I would lean I'd lean towards kind of Hungary in the kind of double chance markets, but the stronger bet is under two point five goals. Yeah, Jake, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because, as Emmett says, Italy don't tend to smash too many teams, and that's with their strongest 11. They're not going to have anywhere near their strongest 11 here. Is there any scope to back Hungary on the Asian handicap or something like that and try and get them onside in some way? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think you can get Hungary plus one and a half on the Asian handicap around 1.8. Um, that that seems like a decent way into me. Um, you know, just adding on to what the guys have already said, Italy very experimental. We're not sure what we're going to get, but Hungary are they a tried and tested tested force in the sense that we know exactly how they're going to set up. We know how they're going to play. They're going to sit back, play on the counter attack, and, and and as Emmett said, Italy have had 
plenty of struggles dealing with teams that that, occupy, that operate in that manner um, over the last couple of months. And you know, just Hungary's away form in particular is is eye catching. They've only lost once of it in eleven away matches. Um, obviously, we're including the Euros in that. I think they were down as the away away team against Germany. Um, but yeah, in, in those in those matches, they, they've you know they've gone to Serbia. They've, they've won in Serbia, a team that obviously topped their World Cup qualifying group ahead of Portugal. Um, they, Germany, as I've mentioned, they've been to England at Wembley and drawn one one. They went to Poland not so long ago and won uh, in Poland. So you know they're, they're a team that are very well, very capable of, of getting a result on the road. And, and yeah, absolutely think that, that you know this, this is this is. A massive game, massive competition for them because they fought their way into this uh, Nations League A. Um, you know they're, they're up amongst the big boys now, and, and obviously missed out on the World Cup. This is this is a huge opportunity for them to potentially take advantage of, you know, the likes of Germany, of England, who perhaps have eyes elsewhere. Yeah, and the thing that Hungary have now that maybe they didn't have in years gone by it's got a genuine game changer in Dominic Soboslai because there's a guy who can come up with a goal from nowhere whether it's a set piece or that brilliant goal he got that uh, qualified them for the European Championship so you know as Jake says I think that's a runner I think that plus one and a half on the Asian handicap at 1.8 if Hungary get a goal then suddenly you need Italy to get three uh, for your bet to lose now we know how frustrating it is when you get frozen out of a bet so Betfair's now offering no cash out suspensions on match odds over under and goal markets on the sports book even during var reviews or when there's a penalty that's all we have time for on this edition of football only better please do remember to gamble responsibly we've got another show later this week which will look at wednesday's games as extensive nations league coverage on betting.betfair.com as well from mark from emmett from jake and from me it's goodbye for now